Welcome to the M. Kane Coaching Podcast. My name is Marcus Kane, and I help people break out of cycles of binge eating, put an end to consistent overeating, and create easy relationships with food, exercise, and body image. Before I go on with today's episode, for those of you who've been following this podcast for a while, or if you're brand new and just really enjoyed this episode, please do me the huge favor of leaving as many stars as you feel comfortable with and a short review of this podcast so that anything you've found really helpful here goes out and reaches more people. So in today's episode, what we're going to talk about is how to get back on track if you don't feel things are going well in terms of your relationship with food and exercise. A lot of people go through different seasons of their life, different things happen. Things might be going well at one point, but then not so well at another point. And sometimes it gets difficult to know where to invest our energy in order to get things back to where we need to be or further advance. Because most of us, when things go wrong, we jump into like a new diet that overhauls our food choices or, you know, getting to the gym five days a week or vowing to try meditation again or something like that. But often these all or nothing approaches just result in us kind of burning out and losing our enthusiasm within a few months. Now, these big interventions, they sound super impressive, but what we're really doing when we do that kind of thing and and trying to enter at the top when it comes to like reinventing everything all at once is it's like we're trying to build a tower with a crystal penthouse but a ground floor made of matchsticks and we can't build a tower from the top down yet that's what so many of us are trying to do i tried to do it myself for a really long time and it just resulted in a bunch of cycles of frustration and annoyance and you know in my case a full blown eating disorder so right now what we're going to do is look at what is essentially a hierarchy of importance when it comes to our habits surrounding food and and exercise and everything that encapsulates that because If we get these things done in order and we take care of these things in order and make sure that one strong level is built on another strong level, then we're going to be able to keep advancing and never experience what it's like to just fall back to zero and find ourselves going, oh God, no, what do I do now? So what we've got here is eight levels and think of this as like a tower with eight levels in it where we build from the bottom up, making sure that each level is firm and secure before moving to the next one. And that way we get this really strong, solid structure that just cannot be broken down. We can move between levels if we need to, but again, What's most important here is that we're not building a crystal penthouse with dodgy foundations. And I'll include a downloadable PDF that's like a good visual representation of this that you can actually grab in the episode description. So make sure you grab that. But for now, let's look at these eight levels and we'll start with level one, this kind of ground floor. So level one is like our sleep, hydration and stress management. Time and time again, over the last 15 years of working with people one-to-one on their nutrition and fitness, if sleep, hydration, and stress management aren't under control, if those things aren't you know, relatively well sorted out, then every single other practice is going to feel like we're pushing shit uphill. Everything else is going to be so much harder. So if we do wanna make changes to our diet, one of the best things that we can do is make sure that sleep, hydration, and stress management are taken care of. 
And I know that might sound like overly simplistic, but the thing is, it's not quite that simple sometimes when we build out on any of these one steps. So for example, say with sleep, you've got, you know, family or you live with a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, you know, whatever, and getting to bed an hour earlier or getting a different sleep routine involves kind of negotiating with them a little bit, like what time bedtime is. Otherwise you end up going to bed early and then they get to bed an hour later and just wake you up again. And, you know, for those of us that have pets or kids or anything, you know, it can look really simple on paper, just like, oh, just take care of your sleep. But sometimes taking care of our sleep and getting a good sleep routine involves maybe some negotiation or organization or communication, whatever it might be. So never underestimate the value of accomplishing and getting really consistent with each of these smaller steps. But as well, know that getting any single one of them done is going to require some intentional effort. And I mentioned that sleep one because that one for me, I know that if I wanted to get to bed an hour earlier, I'd need to negotiate that situation with my my wife. Like we'd need to look at the time off that we take in the evening and our time together and how we you know, work with that. So it's so important to spend the time on making sure these really simple things are done well, because I promise if they are done well and we do get consistent with them, they pave the way for everything else to be so much easier. Like if you're sleeping well, food choices just become easier. Whereas if your sleep is constantly disrupted, food choices again become exponentially harder. So that's level one, sleep, hydration, stress management. One final thing I'll say about this is that when it comes to stress management, that takes into account things like our relationships. So, you know, do you have good people around you? Do you enjoy the company that you keep? And, you know, that's a whole other thing that we could create multiple episodes on. But stress management includes things like our relationships and how happy we are in our day to day life, what we can change about that situation. You know, are you happy in your job? Is your job making you stressful? And again, we start to see when we talk about these things and really extrapolate on them. It's not quite as simple as sleep, hydration and stress management. These things, they are a bit more complicated to execute changes with, though when we do methodically just take one bite out of it at a time and make changes in these areas, the the carryover effect moving forward, everybody who I've worked with, who I've seen make successful changes in these fundamental areas have had just an exponentially better journey moving forward. So that's level one, sleep, hydration, stress management. Level two is a healthy relationship with food and movement. So this is essentially a stress-free relationship with food and exercise, regular meals throughout the day, and not really feeling stressed surrounding food choices. This is where we don't need to worry and stress too much about exactly what it is that we're eating. As long as we're not consistently eating foods that make us feel like shit, we don't want to overthink it too much, but just a nice, easy, stable relationship with food. Obviously, for anyone who's worked with me or anyone who's familiar with my work, 
you guys know that this is something that I spend a lot of time working with people in regards to. We cannot underestimate the value of an easy relationship with food. Because a stressful relationship with food that results in anxiety and overthinking and everything like that, it permeates literally every single day because food is always going to be a thing. If our relationship with food is stressful, then every fucking day is going to be stressful. And that energy that's going into decisions and overthinking surrounding food is just energy that could be invested somewhere way more constructive and rewarding. And what that kind of relationship with food might look like, a client of mine this week summarized it really, really well when he came into a session and said, I have had zero episodes this week of eating to the point where I feel overfull or uncomfortable. You know, this is a guy who he got on top of his binge eating last year. So that out of control, really anxious binge eating, we'd already gotten on top of that. But this last week, he came in and was like, right, there was no overeating this week. There was no eating past fullness. And he did that despite the fact he had full permission to eat all food groups and any different foods. Now, the significance of that is if you're not allowing yourself to eat the foods that you would usually overeat, then that's just you know, we're not overeating, but that's just based on restriction. Whereas this client of mine did something very different. He was able to include servings or pieces of all the foods that he used to consistently binge eat. However, now he's able to eat them stress-free, without overeating, without feeling anxious about it, and just make them part of a regular day. You see the difference there? One way is avoiding overeating and binge eating via restriction, while the other way is avoiding binge eating and overeating through the mastery of moderation and mastering the skills involved in moderation and self-regulation. Two very different things. And when it comes to our relationship with movement, this just means like not forcing ourselves to do a bunch of stuff that we don't really want or feel like we have to get to the gym five days a week or whatever. It just means that every day we move our body in a way that we enjoy and we make space for that in our day. It could be anything from playing a game of tennis to walking the dog to doing some yoga to doing a bit of weight training if that's what you're into. You know, just anything that you dig that you don't really have to force yourself to do. And again, it's just creating that easy relationship with movement where you don't have to psych yourself up to get it done. So step two healthy relationship with food and movement. Now, step three, I jumped ahead of myself a little bit on that last one, but step three is a bit more focusing on this daily movement that you enjoy. So again, that relationship, that easy relationship with movement and exercise training, whatever, just being like a daily thing. It doesn't mean that you have to train like an animal every single day. I wouldn't recommend that, but just daily movement that you actually enjoy. And a part of step three as well is just scheduling and organization in terms of our life. So that could carry over into things like our work-life balance. How much time are we investing in different things? Do we feel like we're in charge of our schedule or do we feel like our schedule is in charge of us? 
this is a really essential step because anything further involving different dietary steps or training and exercise steps hinges on us having some semblance of time available to do those things. So unless we're on top of our scheduling and organization to at least some degree, then trying to just throw more things into the equation is going to feel unnecessarily hard. So step three, daily movement that you enjoy and getting on top of some scheduling and organizational stuff so that you feel a bit more in control when it comes to your schedule and like you've got some wiggle room to kind of squeeze some things in. And it's worth mentioning at this point that if you master these first three steps, just steps one through three, levels one through three, you're going to be ahead of the vast majority of the population in terms of good health practices. So this isn't this kind of situation where you need to just keep climbing the levels. Once you get these first three kind of under control, then it's like, well, you can live there if you want. But for anyone who does want to go further, if you do want to take it further, then here's the rest of the steps. Step four, part of this is practicing and mastering some key movements. So if you want to get stronger, want to get healthier, strength training and some kind of uh, structured training with, with strength in mind is going to be a part of it. There's a bunch of research done on the benefits of strength training. I don't need to preach that here, but when I say mastering key movements, I mean mastering key movements like, you know, being able to do a squat without pain, uh, you know, being able to do a version of a deadlift or a kettlebell swing or something like that, being able to participate and move your body in such a way that you're on top of these key movements. And when I'm saying practicing and mastering at this stage, that doesn't mean loading an Olympic bar and putting it on your back and doing these crazy workouts. It's literally just being able to move through these different movement patterns without feeling like your own body is resisting you too much. So practicing and mastering these key movements is going to be important. From a dietary perspective, step four is about improving our protein, fiber, and micronutrient intake. So looking at our protein intake, looking at our fiber intake, and making sure that our vitamin and mineral intake is, you know, as good as possible, like without getting obsessive about it. So we're looking at improving those things. Step five, at this point, we start increasing the frequency and consistency of any kind of practice or training involving those key movements that I talked about. So we don't want to get super intense just yet. Step five is more about getting that really consistent and really frequent. So, you know, maybe some short daily sessions, focusing on consistency and building the habit, building a good relationship with that habit, rather than feeling like we need to do really, really intense or really long sessions. And along the same path, we want to look at our protein, fiber and micronutrient intake and look at the consistency that we're getting with those things. So notice that step five or level five, we're not really bringing in much new stuff. It's about building consistency with the things that we kind of introduced in step four or level four. 
Level six is practicing strength training. So this is bringing a little bit of intensity and challenge to the movements that we've been introducing, improving our work capacity and general fitness. So improving our body's capacity to perform a certain amount of mechanical work in terms of training and recover from it positively. And also at this stage, for some people, gradually adjusting portion sizes if you desire to do so. So again, that's an optional thing. Not everyone's going to need to do it, but this might be the point at which if adjusting portion sizes is appropriate for you, or it's something that you feel is necessary or in line with a goal that you're looking for, like a safe goal, then this is the point where, you know, maybe adjusting portion sizes could be brought into the equation. Now, level seven starts to get more advanced into periodized programming. This is where our strength training and our movement becomes quite uh, well programmed and, and really well thought out. There are going to be, you know, certain training sessions that are harder than others. Uh, you know, maybe intentional deload weeks where after a number of difficult weeks, we do an intentional, like easier week and we're cycling through different weights. So that's periodized programming. What that means is our training and workouts and everything like that, rather than be done in terms of like, oh, it's just my goal to do a bit of this today or a bit of that today, or just get consistent. We start looking at the long game, making programs that actually cycle through different intensities and different training volumes over the course of multiple weeks and months. Now, level eight and beyond is about experimentation, seeing what you would like to do from this place of having this tower really well built. Obviously, anything that you want to experiment with, we do from a position of making sure that it doesn't interfere with the stability of any of the levels that we've just put a bunch of work into creating and making really solid. So level eight, I don't want to put any particular labels on it, but you know, further dietary changes, maybe different types of training, whatever that might be, level eight and beyond becomes about experimentation. And at this point, I'm sure you will have noticed that I haven't said stuff like calorie counting or cutting out carbs or whatever the fuck. It's really interesting to me that most people start on an entry level into changing diet and fitness practices with stuff like calorie counting when literally I've got levels one through seven here that provide all these options and things that we can do to get things on track and get things moving before even thinking about like calorie counting or cutting out food groups or anything like that. And yet, you know, that that's where so many people are told that they need to start and that really pisses me off in regards to the diet industry, because the only reason that that is the case is because it sounds simple and what is simple is marketable. Like describing these steps, like these levels one through seven, you can't really put that in a tagline. It doesn't really sound sexy to say, get better sleep and practice a few key movements. Moderation <laughs> Nobody finds the idea of moderation to be super inspiring. We all find extremes to be inspiring. But really, 
the lasting result that we want, especially when it comes to a better relationship with food and exercise practices and training practices and the results that we want to get from that. Those results, those lasting results come from these relatively simple sounding unsexy steps. So don't be sucked in when people talk about what really is experimentation, like further experimentation, things that can be done only if you want to try it, like after all these other fundamental steps are in place. So that's my little rant about dieting (laughs) done for today. But if you want a downloadable PDF, that's a really great visual summary of what we've talked about in this episode. Just follow the link in the episode description and I'll email it straight to you. So in light of all that, make sure you've got a really well-built tower before you go and use like other practices that are essentially like putting that, you know, attempting to put that crystal penthouse on something that's built with matchsticks. And that really sums it up. If we take care of all these levels, build a strong tower, we're just going to get a better result and have a happier life as a as a byproduct of that. So that's it from me today. My name is Marcus Kane, and I'll be doing my best in between sessions with clients this year to create as many of these episodes as possible. So have an awesome day. And if you found this helpful, please drop those stars and a review for me under this podcast and help this information reach more people.